0: Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's word and discover radical results along the way. Friends, welcome to Walk It Out episode 27. Now they say that behind every great man is a great woman. I've also found it to be true that so many times when we see a young person really serving God with their hearts dedicated fully to them and using their talents in amazing ways that we can look to his or her parents, especially moms. I might just be saying that because I'm a mom myself, but I found that to be true. It's parents who build a strong foundation of strength and truth for their children to stand on. Now, on today's Walk It Out podcast, my guest is Kate Battistelli. If you're a fan of Christian contemporary music, that last name might sound familiar. Kate is the mother of the amazing Christian artist Francesca Battistelli. And on a side note, if you haven't heard Francesca's new song, which is the breakup song, you need to run to YouTube or iTunes to listen now. Seriously, I was coming back from karate and it came on the radio and I had tears in my eyes yesterday as I listened to it. Um, One of the quotes from the song says, fear you don't own me. She also sings... Fear, you will never be welcome here. So basically in the song, which is the breakup song, um, Francesca's talking about breaking up with fear, which I just love. And as you listen to this interview with Kate, you'll discover the same theme of standing strong and pushing away fear running throughout her story. A professional Broadway actress, Kate had a thriving career when God radically transformed her life. But that doesn't mean that Kate's life has always been easy, even after the transformation. During our chat, Kate pours out her heart about pregnancy loss and her questions about her good future with God. She wondered if God did have good plans for her and her family. But as you will hear, God showed up and showed off and he has led them um, on a wonderful journey, a wonderful walk of faith and a life That maybe didn't look as Kate thought I would, but one that really has highlighted what God can do to those who are fully submitted to him. Despite hardships, Kate clung to God and she now mentors women, urging them to do the same. She's written an amazing book, Growing Great Kids, Partnering with God to Cultivate His Purpose in Your Child's Life. And we'll hear more about that in the interview. And also in this interview, we'll chat about what Kate's working on now. It's an exciting new project. Here's a quote from Kate. If God tells you to do it, anything is possible. With Kate's story, you'll hear clearly how God took someone who was willing to trust him and follow him to walk it out and how he used that faith to impact Kate's family, her community, her daughter, and so much more. And because of a mother's prayers and faithfulness, at least in part, God is using Francesca's ministry and music to impact millions. My prayer is that as you listen to Kate's story, you'll discover how much your surrender to God really does matter. And now, here's my interview with Kate. Well, welcome to Walk It Out. And I am so blessed to talk to someone who I just love dearly. I got to spend time um, with this friend. Last November, we were in New York State. And just, um, just enjoyed that time together and enjoyed our growing friendship. So my guest today is Kate Battistelli, and that name might sound a little familiar to you. You might have heard her daughter, um, Francesca Battistelli, which I love her new song, I have to say, the breakup <laughs> song, um, just so wonderful. But um, Kate, would you just start by introducing yourself to our listeners?
1: Sure, I'm Kate Battistelli. I'm a recent transplant to Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, to be near Francesca and her four kids, or Franny, as we call her. So you can call her Franny. Um, we moved here about two years ago, and a little town called Franklin, Tennessee, and we just love it. I mean, I'm a New Jersey girl, so the South is new for me, but it's exciting and it's fun, and and we're in a great community. So we love it here. Um, I'm a writer and a blogger and speaker mentor, all that kind of
0: stuff. And uh, yeah, life is good. And those grandkids that you moved to be close to are adorable. (laughs) I just (laughs) enjoy seeing the pictures on Instagram and Facebook. And um, tell us a little bit about them too.
1: They're great. They're about to go into school again, like in another couple of weeks, I guess, um, for for them. They're not in the regular public school here, which I think has already started. But um, there we have Eli, who's seven, just about to turn eight. So he'll tell you he's eight. And then Audrey just turned six and little Isaac, who's two and Wyatt, who just turned 10 months. So Franny has her hands full with that and a new single and new album coming and touring and all that. It's it's crazy, but she makes it work. She makes the working mom thing work very well with her family. so God's been in, been real faithful with that for her.
0: I love that. I know you are so proud of her and what she's doing, just um, you know focusing on God and her family and her her music, which just blesses so many people and, and personally, I think little Isaac looks like you. Don't you think He's so?
1: He's so cute. Yeah, with that little blonde hair and blue eyes. I, and he absolutely lives up to his name because the name Isaac means laughter in the Bible. And he is just the, the the child that's full of joy, you know, just everything. I mean, you offer him a lollipop and he just about comes out of his skin. He's so excited. <laughs> so... He's he's a blessing. And that's another reason we moved here. Franny's an only child. We were just able to have one. So for, you know, as she keeps having these babies, we just were like, we've got to get near them. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to live hours away. Let's just be near them because the business that we're kind of business that we have, we can live anywhere. So it just made sense. And and it's, it's good to be able to help out, you know, just and plus, we just love being with them. They're so cute.
0: I know my grandkids live close to me. And I know I pick them up from daycare a couple days a week. So it is so wonderful. And you mentioned Franny being an only child. And I was reading your blog, I think a couple months ago, um, you actually wrote a letter to your unborn child. Um, Would you tell us a little bit about that story? Sure.
1: Yeah, when Franny was about two and a half, I ended up having—I got pregnant again, and but it turned out to be an ectopic or a tubal pregnancy, and I—I think I found out on a Friday that I was pregnant because I'd been feeling weird. I knew something wasn't right, but I never felt like pregnancy to me, but I went to the doctor and we found that I was pregnant. So, okay, that was exciting. We announced it in church and, you know, it was, it was wonderful. Well, the next day was Labor Day. This was in September, 19, gosh, 87, I think. And so it was just, it just, it had just been about eight weeks. And that Monday I'm doubled over in pain thinking, oh gosh, I must just have indigestion or something's going on, but not realizing that I was miscarrying this baby and several hours later when I could no longer, like I would, I couldn't get up off the floor without fainting. I mean, it was just awful. So we got to the hospital and they, we found out, you know, it was a, uh, this type of miscarriage that I was having and, you know, it just, it just sort of shot everything inside. Um, one thing I've not talked about, and I think this is something I'm supposed to talk about because Trisha, you've been honest about this. I've not been honest about it before in my past, but it's going to be in my new book. So I'm just going to put it out there. But when I was 18, I got pregnant and I did not have the baby. I had an abortion and that messed up my other fallopian tube. The one was good. And when I when I went, we had a lot of fertility treatments, you know, and I had surgery. And I remember asking the doctor saying, because the, the one tube from the ectopic pregnancy was gone, the other tube uh, was damaged and scarred and kind of clubbed and they tried to open it up. They couldn't. And I asked him, I said, well, would, would an abortion have caused that? He said, oh, absolutely. So I know that, that what I did in my past prevented me from being able to have more children, you know, from being able to, to give my, my daughter brothers and sisters. And my heart was to have four or five kids and we tried to adopt that fell through and everything. But, you know, I just, it's, it's something I just need to be, honest about, you know, and tell people, because I never even told my daughter till just recently, I was so ashamed. And I think women, especially older women, I mean, I've lived with this for more than 40 years. And it's so hard to, to talk about those things. You know, you become a Christian, you want people to look at you and think of you a certain way. And it's like, you know what, I think her new song has had a lot to do with it for me to just be done with fear to break up with what, fearing what people are going to think about me. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I'm just, I'm over it. So, and your courage in talking about it and other women's courage, I'm just like, I, I, I'm just putting it out there. And the Lord really, really pressed me to put a chapter in my book about it in my new book, because everything's kind of based on different biblical characters. And I knew that I just needed to share this story, you know, because if, if, if it frees even one woman up to be able to just get honest with her ugly truth. You know, we all have it in some area, but for me it was that. So the, you know, having that having that ectopic pregnancy really just brought home to me, hey, that you know, the, the wages of sin is death. That what God says in the Word is very true. And some of it we, you know, some of some things we don't learn till we're really faced with the ugly truth but we're responsible for what we do so i take responsibility for it now and i've repented i know the lord's forgiven me and that's the good thing you know that god he he really does forgive he really does give you a new start he wipes the slate clean you know but th- but there can still be the repercussions from the things that we did in our past so but i'm just so grateful that he took me with what I've done and gave me this amazing child, you know, a great husband to marry grandkids. You know, you just look at it. I know you probably feel this way too, Tricia, that you just kind of go, how, how did that happen? Like, how,
0: what, what are you thinking, God? You know, this is me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Ugh, Thank you crazy. so much for sharing that. And I know, I mean, the first time I ever shared it, I mean, I went for so many years, even with my closest friends, they had no idea. And I was so sure, you know, people would talk about it in Bible study or anything. And I would just like fill the pit of my stomach with just hurt and my heart would be pounding. And I would think if anyone knew, they would hate me, they would um, reject me, even my closest friends. And I remember telling John um, before we got married and he said, you know, I love you and God forgives you and I forgive you. And, you know, he was really the only one um, that knew for so many years. And I do think we just walk around and if we can, if we stay silent and if we let that burden just hang there on our hearts, the enemy can that? Like, who are you? To, who are you to, to do those things for God? Or who do you who are you that thinks you can um, write or speak for the other women? Look what you've done. But once we voice it, yeah, once we voice it, and really, it's not something we would choose today. I mean, we are followers of Christ now. But in those times, there's fear. And there's, um, you know, we make choices that we think, because uh, we, we don't have any hope. We don't have, you know, I know, I didn't have God to turn to. I didn't have any hope. And I would not make the same choice today. And I think so many women need to know that like Christ's, sin cover, Christ's death covers all our sins. There's nothing too big. And I truly believe that someone just needed to hear this today from you and from me to saying that God loves you, God forgives you, God has good plans for you. And it doesn't matter what you did. Maybe the sin is not abortion. Maybe it's something else. But he has good plans for your life. Amen. A- absolutely. And it's
1: it it's it's just neat to see, you know, and and the thing is that fear it it locks us up. You know, when we release it and talk about it, it takes away its power. It takes away its power to to um control us, to, to just I mean, I'm just like I'm done with that. I I just am done with it. So I'm glad that I'm and and this is the first place I'm sharing this publicly, so you need to know. Because like you, I think I had told my husband, and maybe like two friends over 40 years. I, I told no one about this. So, but I'm really excited that I get to share it here and with your listeners and, you know, uh, it's, it's, we just need to, I think we all need to just be honest with our past.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many times I remember, cause I also had a miscarriage, um, after you know, I had my abortion when I was 15, which is like you something I really regret. And then I got pregnant again in 17 and had Corey, who is 29 years old, uh, oh. now, and has two kids. Um, and then I met and married this wonderful Christian man that I had prayed for, and God brought me. And um, yeah, I thought, okay, you know, I'm doing things right now. We got pregnant again, uh, and then I had a miscarriage, and I almost thought like, oh, this is. Um, you know, God's punishing me for my past abortion, which now I know, you know, as a more mature Christian, <laughs> yeah. that that's not the case. But all these things, um, even I was reading a article um, in people ma- in People magazine online. It was um, Tony Braxton had talked about how she had had an abortion and she feels like God's still punishing her today. Um, so I think you know, so many people. Um, do feel like because I did this, I'm going to be punished or do- God can't forgive me. But yeah, God can forgive us. And when we share our stories, I mean, he gets the glory of what he has done and the transformation that he has made in our lives.
1: Exactly. I mean, hard situations make bad theology. You know, we just hear those things all the time that God's punishing me. And 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 unfortunately for Tony Braxton, she just doesn't know who God is. You know, oh so, anyway
0: yeah and i'm so i'm so thankful for where um, he's brought us and what he's done, but I would love to go back and just hear a little bit more about your story because I think one of the things that um, I thought was so interesting was your theater background. And I remember we were talking, and you mentioned The King and I, and which is one of my all-time favorite musicals. <laughs> I just love it, and my my little girls love it too. I mean, anytime we just want to have those couch days when it's raining, it's like we'll put on The King and I. So tell us a little bit about your involvement in the theater.
1: Well, it's interesting, you know when i when I was eighteen after I had my abortion, I moved out. I just didn't know what I wanted to do with my life everything i I went to four colleges in two years. I didn't graduate from any of them, so trust me anything's possible if I can publish <laughs> a couple books you know without a college degree god God can do anything but um After that, I just, I did go to four colleges in two years, and I just, I always loved to sing. From the time I was little, our high school happened to have a really great singing teacher, and I used to take lessons with her, and I knew, I knew I was gifted in that area, but I didn't know what to do with it, you know, so... In our town or a town next to ours, they had a little community theater that did all kinds of musicals. I thought, well, they were having an audition for something. So I went and auditioned. I got cast and worked with them actually for about two years and did lots of theater, got great experience, started to build up a resume. Well, I lived in New Jersey, which is close to New York. So I started auditioning in New York and did children's theater and traveled around regional theater, you know, just building up my resume, eventually got an agent and my agent sent me one day for uh, for the role of the understudy for the lead role of Anna in The King and I. The I in The King and I for the national tour. It was a Broadway national tour starring Yul Brynner. I was 26, so I went up for the for the audition. I got the part, which was great because finally I was making money. Um, so, you know, and I knew okay, this is going to be. I'm going to be out of out of New York for quite a while, because when you did back then, when you would do a national tour, it was a big tour. We would go to cities and stay a month or two, sometimes three or four months, depending on the size of the city, because Yul Brynner was a huge star in those days. I mean, some of the younger girls listening to this aren't going to know who he is. But if you've ever seen the Ten Commandments, he's the pharaoh. Or if you've ever seen the movie The King and I, he was the original. I wasn't even born yet when that movie came out, but he was the original king. So I go out as the understudy. I have my job in the chorus thinking, you know, an understudy is basically an insurance policy. You never really think you're going to go on. Well, one night, a couple months into the run of the show, I come into the theater at 7.15 for an 8 o'clock show. And the, the stage manager grabs me by the shoulders, looks me in the eyes and says, she's sick and you're on. Oh, and, wow! I mean, I'm flipping out. I mean, I'm going to have to go whistle a happy tune in 45 minutes. I've never worn the costumes. I've never done the show. I mean, I've never even rehearsed with Yul Brenner, never used any props, anything. You know, it was just like you are thrust into... Not, I mean, it, it's your biggest dream and your worst nightmare at the same time because it just you—you you have no chance to do anything but get ready. And I mean, one thing I learned from that, and I—I I taught my daughter all growing up, is that sometimes you just have to do it afraid, <laughs> you know. Because I went out and I did the show, and I did it so fast I actually cut fifteen minutes off the show. So the next night, Yul Crawl calls me into his dressing room and just says, "Darling, just slow down a little." So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> well, I did the show for two weeks and the leading lady came back. She'd had pneumonia. She came back. She was fine. I went back to the chorus, but the story doesn't end there. What's interesting is he, I think because I was young and he was quite a bit older. He was in his seventies. I think I brought a youthful feeling to the show that he really liked. He and the leading lady did not get along. So they ended up buying out her two-year contract and putting me in the role, which just does not happen in the theater world. I mean, if that happened today, imagine like that would just like blow up social media. But back then we didn't have any of that. So, but I, you know, got to do this lead role for almost a thousand performances about three years on the road with Yul Brenner And it was It was just amazing. And and it was after that. And I met my husband on the tour. So that was great. We met and fell, literally fell in love across the footlights because I could see him down in the, he was in the the assistant conductor. So I could see him in the orchestra pit. He was so cute. I just knew he was the one for me, (laughs) but um, we fell in love. And then when we, when that, when we were done with that show, we got married. And then a year later, but we met the Lord, and He just had us lay down that whole world and that whole life, and really walk away from it into just just a whole other thing. So, you know, it's it's been quite a interesting journey. God takes us on lots of ninety degree turns, which are exciting. You never know where you're going with the Lord when you Absolutely. take the God there? Yeah.
0: I remember one day I just had three kids at the time. But um, I was stressed about a book deadline and I had these kids and I was homeschooling and they were wanting all this help. And I just remember being completely stressed out. And I felt God saying, like, maybe it isn't about you and your writing. Maybe you are just, like you were saying, the stepping stone for what I want to do with your kids. And so many times I think we think it's all about us and what what our dreams and goals and God saying, wait a minute. And, you know, I felt led to go on a mission trip in, uh, I think it was 2009 was the first one um, and felt like, okay, this is something God's calling me to. And we went to the Czech Republic. Well, after, you know, three mission trips, my daughter ends up moving there and she's lived there for four years. And is a missionary, you know, it's just like these little things we think, okay, this is something important that I'm doing. God's like, no, it's just something I'm preparing you so you can prepare your children, um, for what I'm calling him to what him or her to.
1: Yeah. I think it's just a, a constant series of building blocks. You know, we just keep building one generation on the next and you're right. We, we do think it's all about us. I mean, I, I did for years and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't quite reconcile how the, you know, the good things that I wanted from God, he wasn't doing. But now it just makes total sense now. So yeah, I love that God, he really is way more logical than we give him credit for.
0: (laughs) So. Well, I would love to hear about that, you and your husband both getting saved in the same night. I mean, you can't, we can't just skip over that part. Well, that, you know, it it
1: was one of those just sovereign things. We were in business, uh, um, we had a home business and we had, at this point, we're still living in New York City, down in the village in our cool little condo um, that I wish we'd kept because boy, it would be worth a lot of money now, not back then. <laughs> but anyway, um, we had a friend in business that was, she was a born again Jewish gal Who had this great church in Jamaica, Queens, and she kept inviting us to church and she kept inviting us and kept inviting us. We kept saying no, but eventually you get to that point where it's just rude to say no anymore. You know, when someone keeps inviting you, and she finally said, You've got to come this Friday night. They're doing a revival and it's great music. They've got this fabulous gospel choir. So we were like, Okay. We'll go. When we get on the F train, if you know those New York subways at all, this is the last stop on the F train, Jamaica Queens. We go on a warm, it's like June. No, it was March. It was March 31st. That's right. March 31st, 1983, 1884 that we got saved. So anyway, we go on the last stop on the F train, get off the train It and walking to this church you could hear the music from the street. I mean, you could feel the walls vibrating. It was an all black church. We were the only white faces in the church. It was really great. It really was great music, great preacher, just, you know, just hardcore. You need Jesus. He basically pretty much pointed to us and told <laughs> us we needed to be saved. And, you know, it was a salvation message. It was a, um, just a really, really neat opportunity that the Lord had set up for us. I mean, I really feel like it was for us. She sat us down in the front row. And this is a big church. There are a couple thousand people in this church. We're in the front row. And when he did the altar call, we were the first ones up, our hands in the air. We went forward. And you know, from there, the rest is history, really. I mean, it, it was just, he just captured our hearts and there was no turning back. It wasn't one of those, well, maybe we'll try this out. It was like, this is the way he is the way, the truth and the life. And there was no way that we were ever going to go back to what we'd known, you know, because when he, when he grabs you that way, you, you just, you can't not pursue him. So for me, it just started a lifelong pursuit and I I love to read and study and read the word and write about it. And it's just, it, it, it captured my heart and my husband's heart as well. And now Franny, I mean, when we see what God's done with her, it makes so much sense. I'm so glad I laid down that world and that life that we were so hotly pursuing when we were young. You know, all I wanted to be was a Broadway star and win a Tony award. That's all I cared about. But, it, you know, once we met the Lord, it was like that stuff just it just, it just isn't important anymore. But yet I see what he's done with her. And we didn't raise her hoping she'd be famous. You know, that was not the goal. It was just, I just wanted to raise her to find her purpose. What does God have you on this earth for? Because I told her from the time she was a little girl, you're on this planet for a reason. You're a world changer. We all are, you know, we just have to figure out what it is that God has us here for, and then do that with all our might, you know, and serve him. And for her, her, it was the arts and music, which we Kind of figured early on. We sort of sensed that that was where she was going to go. We didn't know where it would all turn out, but you know the Lord did, and He's been very faithful. And you know she's been able to have a real impact with her ministry. So seeing that, it's very gratifying. You know, we we only were able to have the one child, but when I see the, where the Lord's taken her and what He's done, it's you know it's it just it 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 gives your heart joy. So. God's been really, really good to us, very faithful to us.
0: That's awesome. And what encouragement would you have? Maybe there's someone out there that they see, like all of us, you know, God has good plans for our kids, but maybe there's something that, you know, God is leading one of our children into a larger arena. I mean, did you do anything to help her prepare for it? Um, Because, you know, I'm sure as she's growing in popularity, it's what's on the inside is going to come out. So, I mean, you know, you've built a foundation on the inside. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, we just always tried to to remind her who she was, you know. I mean, I have to. I look back at my life, and when I was growing up, now this is fifties and sixties. Parents, I don't, I don't know if they just didn't do it or mine just didn't do it, but I was never told, you know, there's a purpose for your life. You're here for a reason. You're gonna, you're gonna do great things and change the world. I mean, it was just kind of like, well, just don't mess up too badly. Was was sort of how, what I grew up with. I had to figure this out myself, and I thought, well, darn it, you know, I'm not going to do that to my child. I'm gonna let her know that not that she's more special than other people, or she's special, no one else is, but that each of us is God's creation, you know, that we're on this planet for a reason. We're not here to take up space. We're not here to waste time. And we need to do something with our lives. And I, I was, we were really big about speaking scripture over her. And I, I, I'm a, Big believer in the power of a parent's words. That what we say, because what was spoken over me was never really that positive, and some of it I did live out before I knew the Lord. Now I know I I, I can identify what's alive from the enemy. But you know, when you're 14 years old, you don't know what's true and what's not true. So once we learned the the power of the word and scripture and I started really realizing, man, what we say, life and death is in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. The word says so, I thought, well, then I need to speak life over her, you know, and and speak life to her dreams and help her just to just to believe in what she's here for and help her figure that out. And whether, I don't know, I mean, she, she was one that would work hard and had innate talent and ability, but a lot of those things can be developed too. You don't always have to, I mean, you can, if you, if you've ever read, um, Malcolm Gladwell, who talks about the 10,000 hours, I mean, anybody, if you put the time in, you're going to be really good at whatever it is you decide you want to do, um, and she has, she has put the time in, but I, I think one of the most powerful things we can do is just speak life to our children's dreams, really listen to them. What do they want to do? Where do they feel God's calling them? You know, and if it's something that's going to glorify him and, and build the kingdom, then it's a good thing, you know, but we, we need people doing all kinds of different things. There's no one path that's right, but it's just, you know, I think, Prayer is a huge part of it for us. It was we always would pray for her, we would speak over her, just whatever we, you know, whatever the Lord would give us that we felt was gonna help to build her up and just want to know Him better, you know, want to follow Him, want to do go wherever He would lead her. And I know initially when she was in college and starting to pursue the whole music thing. God called her for a season for a whole semester to just lay, lay all that down. And she went off to work with a ministry and we were both kind of going, Oh boy, what's this, you know, is this going to mess everything up? And it ended up not at all because, you know, we knew it was the, we knew God was calling her to do this. And we were like, you know what, you got to go, go just do this and find out what God, you know, what, what he has for you exactly. And it really helped to clarify a lot of things for her it wasn't long after she came back from that, that everything just started to open up in the music world. So it was, it was, it's, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing, but I think you just need to be open to whatever the Lord has for your kids and pray, pray, pray.
0: Yeah. And I think, you you know, those seasons of relinquishment too. um, You know, I know even with my writing, um, there's comes to seasons where you think like, maybe God does want me to lay this down. I think sometimes, God gives us a se- seasons of relinquish with to realize that it's about him, not about right, us. Not Exactly, what, not what we can get out of it. So, you know, he had big plans for her, but I, you know, but that season, she just felt like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to walk away for this for a time. Yep. And just go and
1: serve, serve another ministry and just be part of what they were doing and just be one of one of the many, you know, rather than being the one with all the attention because she's actually an introvert that she doesn't, that, that part is not, real comfortable for her the whole fame thing you know it's just kind of like I just want to be just one of the girls you know so it, you wouldn't think seeing her on stage she's very extroverted on stage but she comes off stage kind of wants to you know can I can I go back to the bus now and <laughs> <laughs> but you know she's she loves her for her fans and and loves to be part of all you know all that they want to want to do with her so that's that's fun. But her, her heart really is the Lord. It really is worship. That's really, and I'm glad to see that. Cause that's, you know, that's one thing I think, okay, good. We did instill something good. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. And I think a lot of artists and musicians and writers are introverts um, because it's that personal um, expression that we have with God that ends up, it does, you know, feed an audience or reach an audience, but it's that one-on-one time that really fuels what we do externally. And I've, I know, I remember my little guy, um, when we were in the process of adopting him, we were—he went to a daycare, and so I would go and pick him up. And I'm just a mom, you know—I'm in my sweatshirt and t-shirt, you know. And then one day, one girl goes, "Wait a minute, I heard you write books." And all of a sudden, it's uh-huh. almost a feeling like, "Oh no," because I'm a different person, you know. In their eyes, I don't know—like, do I have to put on makeup and wear clothes now, or <laughs> like, you know, it is like sometimes it's like okay to be unknown because you just be a normal mom, yeah. not have to yeah. think. Yeah, she loves that. I mean,
1: she'll go to Target and, you know, people don't know who she is. And she, you know, even at, at our church on the worship, she'll often sing on the worship team and they don't say anything. You know, they don't make a big deal about it. And she doesn't want them to. She just wants to be part of what they're doing. So I love, I love that, you know, that aspect of her personality that she's just content to be in the background.
0: Yeah, well, I would love to talk about your writing, too. Um, Is this something that you always had thought about doing? I know you have um, Growing Great Kids um, is your book, and then you're in the process of working on another book. I don't know if you can talk about that yet. But is it something that you always wanted to do?
1: You know, I always knew that I could write. I loved it when I was younger, loved being in, you know, creative writing classes, doing that kind of thing. But I never thought of myself as a writer ever, until it's it's really interesting and this is kind of the subject of the book i'm writing now which is called the god dare which is all about that crazy thing that god calls you to do that you know there's no way you can do it without his help it, it's not possible and the first well the first time i heard of god dare was was way back when god called us to leave behind everything that you know that our careers and all that and walk away but i didn't know i didn't have a name for it then but when um i guess i guess it was i don't know several years back the homeschool organization that we'd taken Franny through when we we lived in Orlando. She was raised there basically for 20 years. So we were there and we're with a great homeschooling organization and they were having their big 20th anniversary celebration. And by this time, Franny had been on the radio and done all that stuff. So they said, would you and Mike come and speak and tell us what did you do intentionally to raise your daughter to find her purpose and to pursue the Lord? And I thought, I sat down with Mike and said, What the heck did we do? (laughs) At first you're like, I don't know. But when we sat and talked about it, we came up with 15 very intentional things, intentional actions that we'd taken to raise her to just find her purpose and follow the Lord. So we, you know, we wrote them down, we gave our talk, it was well received. So the next day, I'm just literally laid out on the floor, just thanking the Lord, praising him. Thank you, God, that it went well. Thank you for the 15 things. And as soon as I said that, i as, if I've ever heard the Lord speak in my spirit, I heard the sentence, those are book chapters. And I just went, oh, God, <laughs> Hello? <laughs> do you do you know that I'm not a writer? Do you know that, you know, who's gonna publish it, who would read it? I don't have a platform. I gave him a million excuses and I just kept hearing those are book chapters. And I, I mean for me that I, I did not consider myself a writer. I knew I could write like I could write a decent letter or card or I journaled all these years, but I just didn't ever, it just never connected until God said that. And then I thought, okay, well, now what do I do? Well, I found out that one of my friends was a writing coach, which I didn't even know was a thing. So I called her up and said, I think I'm supposed to write a book. Can I, can I meet with you? And we met and I showed her you know, my 15 things. And she said, these are definitely book chapters. You need to write this book. I'm going to help you do it, which she did. And we happened to be, we were in Orlando where Charisma house is and they published my book. And we knew the, the, a lot of the folks there because we had been, you know, just at church with them and on the worship team and all that kind of thing. So they, I put something on Facebook about, I'm working on chapter on my book. And one of those people from the publishing house contacted me, said, well, what's your book about? And I told them it's about, you know, just what we did to raise our daughter intentionally to find the Lord and find her purpose. We want to talk to you. We want to publish your book. You know, you know, that doesn't happen. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it just doesn't happen that way. You have to go through the whole process and this was like, God just handed it to me on a silver platter. So I wrote the book and it got published. And then I started really intentionally blogging a lot more and writing more. And then God just started talking to me about the God dare. And I started seeing it all through the Bible. It's all through scripture. I've seen it in my own life. It's just, you know, when God calls you to do something that just makes no sense, like Abraham, you know, leave everything, you know, and go to this land I'm going to tell you about, or I'll show you, I'm not going to tell you, but I'll show you when you get there. It's like, okay, that, you know, that, that took a lot of faith it's just all the the like this the faith challenges that god has for us all the time and that god'll drop that little seed in your spirit that little thought where half the time we just go oh no that can't be god that that that's way too big that's way too crazy that's way too hard you know so i'm not going to do it but for me i just i see god doing that and calling people all the time and it's always something that we can't do on our own you know we he has to equip us and i feel like he just sort of dropped gift of or the ability to write right into write into me because I, I didn't study it. I didn't go to school for it. I didn't graduate from college. I I went to four colleges in two years. I didn't graduate from any of them. So trust me, anything is
0: possible. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I have my high school diploma. Yeah. I went to college for a year and a half, don't have a degree, and yeah. you know, all these and you read think- like 30 books. So,
1: you know, uh, so I just say, don't tell me nothing's possible nothing, or something's impossible because it's not. When God's with you, if he's called you, then he has to equip you. You know, he has to help you do it like Moses and Abraham and I mean, it's just all through the Bible is like like what I see, even every, pretty much every word Jesus spoke was a God dare because he was, he dares us to forgive one another, to wash one another's feet, you know, to love, to love the unlovable, to do, to bless those who curse you. All those things are hard to do. I can't do it on my own, you know? So that's what this next book's about. And that'll be out, oh, probably sometime next spring. So I'm, I'm working hard on that. It's, it's basically done. I just have to get it turned in and
0: just wait till it comes out, but I'm excited. Yeah. And I love that description that you have. Um, God calls, just calls you to things that you know, you can't do without him. And, you know, I think, I mean, adoption has been one of those things for us. And we were even, I mean, we've, I'd had these kids, we had, you know, two of them, well, one of them for eight years, two of them for five years, and then four more of them for, uh. Well, almost three years since I've been on our home, two and a half years since adoption. But the other day, you know, we just had a really hard day with one of our kids and I'm just crying and overwhelmed. And my husband, you know, comes and sits by me, goes, did we take on more than we can handle? And I said, yes. And he goes, do you still think we did the right thing? And I said, yes, mm-hmm. you know, it is definitely more than we can handle. Um, but that's why we need God so desperately. And I think God wants to put us in those desperate moments where we need him. I um, mean, you know, his mercies are new every morning, but it's only when we're desperate do we remember that. And the exactly those mercies.
1: Yeah. But you but you have to be willing to step out and you've been willing to. And one thing I talk about in the God Dare is, you know, we value comfort in America above almost everything. We just want it to be easy and comfortable and you have to choose to be chosen. The Bible says many are called but few are chosen. And I think it's because we have to make that choice. To say yes, you know, I don't know how many people God called till Abraham said yes, till Moses said yes, Peter and Paul, you know, how many, we don't know the ones who said no, but I'm sure... I'm sure there are many that God approached for different, you know, in different stories, these different biblical characters that might've said, no, I'm not doing that. I'm I'm not going to move away from everything I know because it's hard. God's not going to, I mean, I don't think we're supposed to expect an easy life on this earth. I mean, we can have some some times that are peaceful and fun and great, but you know, we're here for a reason and if we're not willing to pick up our cross and follow him and take the narrow path the narrow road's not the easy road so I, you know that's one thing i'm trying to to get through with this book is that we have to choose to be the ones willing to take that step to say yes to god no matter what what it costs, you know, wherever God's going to take you. So I'm hopeful that, that 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 it will inspire some people to say yes to that crazy thing God's calling
0: them to do. Yeah, and part of your yes was laying down, you know, walking away from the, the Broadway and the you know musical theater, and and part of it has been stepping out. You know, it's just like sometimes it's not just about doing things; sometimes it's releasing things so we can do. What God calls to, and you, you know, you're not um, on stage singing in theater, but your voice is still going out. Your voice is going out through your daughter. Your voice is going out um, just through your worship in your local church. Your voice is going out through your writing. Um, and so, I think that's a beautiful thing that sometimes we have to lay down the thing that we believe, you know, God's equipped us for to really step into area, other areas where He's leading us to. Yeah, Amen. I mean,
1: that's definitely been. True in my life, you know, but it's worth it. That That's the one thing I will say that it is a hundred percent worth it. If, if it's what God's calling you to and whatever you have to give up to follow him, it will be worth it. it I'm not going to say it's going to be easy. You know, you look at John the Baptist, it didn't turn out easy for him yet. What Jesus says about him is remarkable, you know, and, the, and the, he's still an example to all of us today, but you know, you just don't know what God's going to call you to in the world, the way the world's changing. It's a crazy world. We have to, we just have to be willing to go wherever he calls us, you know? So I just hope, and that's what I, my prayer, constant prayer is Lord, just let me always be one that will say yes. Don't let me let fear or any of those things, comfort or my, you know, what I, what I envision my future to be. Don't let that get in the way. If you want me to totally change and go another direction, I call him 90 degree turns. And he's taken us on plenty of those in our lives. I mean, my, my husband and I, where we're going one way and God's like, nope, you're turning left. You're going over here. And we're like, oh, well, okay. But it's always worked out. You know, we can always look back and see with time that that was absolutely the right thing to do. And the Lord knew, even if it, it didn't always, it won't always make sense. And it didn't always to us. But over time, eventually it does.
0: Yeah. And I think we have to know God's voice, and it's knowing the, His voice and following Him in those little steps, and then they become bigger and bigger. Maybe the first time it's a five degree t- turn, and you know, right. next time it's a twenty degree turn. Before you have to make the ninety degree turn. You know, even this last year, um, I had a editor ask me if I'd write a novel, and of course I said yes. I love working for this editor. I've written lots of books for her. And as I laid in bed that night, I just felt this like panic come over, and just like, have did I pray about it? And as I prayed about it. I felt God giving me a clear no that I wasn't supposed to do it. And I had to like humble myself and go back before the editor and tell her I can't do it. But right after that, my grandma ended up breaking her back. And I was a caretaker for her for many months. And I know like God, you know, I'm I'm never going to regret that time with my grandma. And I would have been so overwhelmed and stressed out if I had said yes to that book contract when I had my grandma to care for. And so it is, but it does come to those times with God in his word, in prayer, where we get to know his voice. So when the big things come, we trust because we've seen, okay, you showed up all these other times, right? You will be here with us. But thank God you listened to the still small voice. You know, you listened to
1: that sense and went, yeah, you know what? And and had to humble yourself like you said and go to that editor and say, "Yeah, sorry, I can't do this." But so many of us won't. Our pride won't allow us to. But thank God you're you're at that place where you know, I mean, you kind of get to the place I think when you walk with the Lord long enough that the whole pride thing just hopefully is not what runs our decisions. You know, that and and you it didn't make sense to you at the time but god knew your grandmother was going to break her back so it made it made total sense afterwards but it's that kind of thing where god will tell you something that you're just like that just doesn't make any sense lord but it's we it's not our job to figure it out it's just our job to obey his leading
0: absolutely well, there's one more thing that we have to touch on that I can't let you not talk about. And that is food. <laughs> because I mean, your Instagram and your blog post, I'm like, I am so hungry right now. And I love cooking. Like I'm not a baker, but I love like just making a really yummy dinner. And I know you do too. Why is that like so important?
1: I don't know. I think my mom was a great cook and really appreciated cooking. She took cooking classes. I think she wanted to go to France and become a chef, you know, back in the forties. And my grandfather wouldn't let her do it, but she always had a love for it and a love for entertaining for hospitality. So I have my love of all of that. I love to have people over, like some people, the thought of people coming over and you have to cook for them terrifies them. For me it's like, yeah, come on. Cuz I don't know, it's just it's fun for me. I enjoy it. I like trying finding or creating recipes that are healthy. You know, we're trying to be more gluten-free and just trying to eat clean and organic as much as possible and but stuff that still tastes good. And I like to try to make things that are easy because I'm always thinking of my daughter with her four kids. I'm like, okay, what can she do in thirty minutes that's not it's gonna that they're all gonna love and she, you know, isn't gonna take her all day to make because she doesn't have the time. So I'm always trying to think of like the young mom who needs, you know, just needs some some good a little good coaching and you know, here's a really easy pasta dish or a really easy chicken dish, something whatever. So for me it's just fun. I enjoy it and I like taking pictures of my food. <laughs> Uh, I like looking at your pictures of your food. (laughs) We need to come visit and stay with me and I'll cook you. I'll make you really good breakfast.
0: Okay. Well, you know, you're only five hours away. I might just be.
1: Right. Come on.
0: I just need to find a babysitter. Yeah. Well, we'll plan that for some time. But Kate, I've just enjoyed so much just getting to know more of your story. And it was so much seeing you face to face. And um, just I enjoyed your messages that you gave at the conference there and uh, just getting to know your heart. So I just appreciate you being here and just sharing your life with us. Sure. Anytime. I love it. Yeah. And if anyone wants to find out more information about you, where can they go to find that? Well, my blog is just
1: katebadestelli dot com. Same, uh, Kate on Instagram, Facebook. You know, all the all the media things um, that I need to learn more about before this book comes out. Because, boy. Social media is overwhelming when you're my
0: age. <laughs> I didn't um, grow up with it. You can feed me and I'll work on social media with you. <laughs> okay, That'd be great. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I'll put all the links in the show note and um, email me your favorite recipe. And I'll stick that in the show notes too. Oh, okay, great idea. But thanks again. And it was awesome connecting with you. Wonderful. Thanks, Tricia. Friends, didn't you just love Kate's heart? I just appreciated her so much. Honestly, I hope that someday soon I will get the chance to connect with her again. She is so much fun. And really just being in her presence, I just feel like I'm with someone whose whole life declares, I am God's and God is mine. It just seems like every part of her being reflects that. Now be sure to connect with Kate online. And the links are in the show notes. And you can find all the show notes for all my podcasts at walkitoutpodcast.com. Now, today's Walk It Out verse is Isaiah 13, 9. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. This verse means so much to me and I can see the truth of it radiating through Kate's story and Kate's life. Even when we are tested and go through hard challenges, God is with us. God refines us to make us more like Christ. And as we turn to Jesus during every hardship, our relationship with him will grow. Now here's a prayer for all of us. Lord, first of all, I just want to thank you so much for Kate, the opportunity to get to know her last fall and just who she is and all that she represents as your child, Lord. I thank you that even though she's felt heartaches and struggles And just sometimes has had bumps in the road of life that she's always drawn close to you. And through the highs and lows of her life, that her relationship with you has grown strong. And it's so clear just being around her and talking to her Lord. It's really an example for all of us. I also thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in my life. And it seems like even in the really, really dark seasons, when I wasn't sure that I could take another step, Lord, that you have shown yourself faithful. Seeing me through those hard times makes me trust you all the more at all times, God. Finally, I pray for those, my listeners, who are in dark places now. I pray for that he or she that's listening right now will lift their faces to you. I pray that if they're going through a dark time, that they will just understand uh, your presence more and realize how real and present you can be in every part of their lives. I pray, Lord, that all my listeners will see you as faithful, just as I know you are. And I thank you for them, for everyone who's listening. In your name we pray. Amen. So thank you, friends, so much for tuning in to Walk It Out today. As always, you can find out more about me on my website, which is just trishagoyer.com. And know you can find me on any social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, under Trisha Goyer. Finally, friends, I'd really appreciate it if you tell your friend about this podcast and encourage them to listen. As you know, this podcast is inspired by my book, Walk It Out, published by David C. Cook. And if you haven't had a chance to read Walk It Out, I would just love it if you would you know, just ask your library to order a copy or pick up a copy at your local Christian bookstore or online. I've received so many amazing notes from people who just really have been helped and impacted. And I just love sharing my story of what God has done. And I know it can encourage other people. So if you know someone that maybe is discouraged right now, it might be a good book to pick up and pass on to them. Also, I just um, hope that you will also leave a review. So you can go to iTunes or Stitcher or any of those sites and leave a review that really helps more people find this podcast and share it with a friend. But mostly I just thank you for your faithfulness for tuning in and to uh, just getting to know my friends. I just love being able to share amazing men and women with you. And I hope that your faith is encouraged. Now friends have a great week. Today's podcast was edited and produced by author media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.